Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome to the B2B playbook. Kevin, it's our final episode of the season. We've made it to episode 19. Pretty good haul from us and in particular you, I would say, who slogs it out and does all the editing after each episode. You happy to get here? George, very happy to get here. To be honest with you, I wasn't sure if we'd get here. <laughs> and- <laughs> pretty, pretty rocky first couple of weeks as we were trying to figure out our mics and editing, but here we are. As you said, it's been it's been a good haul, really good learning experience for us and hopefully being able to add a bit more value into the space. That's been really exciting and rewarding. Yeah, I've loved people reaching out, saying they're enjoying the podcast and just going and meeting with them in real life. You know I crave human attention and affection <laughs> and it's been terrific going out there and meeting so many different marketing managers and business owners in B2B, listening to their pain points so then you and I can keep addressing it in this podcast. I think that's why in this last episode, it's an awesome opportunity to kind of wrap up what we've been talking about this season. This episode is going to be, its to quote you, Kevin, it's a little meta. <laughs> you know, George, I used to use that word all the time. Meta, as you said, this episode is a bit meta. We're going to be talking about what we've been talking about. I used to say meta all the time. And unfortunately, Facebook has really ruined that word for me and probably a lot of other people. They just have a way of making things uncool now, don't they? Yeah, with a touch of creepy, but uh, <laughs> I guess nothing that we shouldn't have anticipated. 
I was actually listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast the other day. I know you listened to it too, Kevin. The latest one has, I can't remember his last name, but his first name is Balaji. He's probably the smartest person I've ever heard. Whenever he says something, I'm like, okay, this is probably, you know, going to be a prophecy. It's probably true. And he made an excellent point that he has so much respect for Zuckerberg because with what Facebook is going through and what they've been through, so many other CEOs would have changed directions or stepped down, but not Zuck. Like he's going at it again. And I think that is true. It is pretty impressive. And he made the point that Facebook actually bought Instagram when they'd just been valued at $500 million and he bought them for a billion dollars and he didn't even consult his board. He just like went and did it. And you look back and say, well, that was obvious now, but back then, like Instagram was nothing. Yeah, that's a risky move. It's a risky move, but he tends to bet it all and comes out on top. So what am I saying? I'm saying basically, you know what, Kevin, we're calling him an uncle creep, but maybe we should go a little easier in case he has a vengeful hit list. I don't think the two things are mutually exclusive, George. <laughs> That's you can be true. and very good at your job. <laughs> and I think Zuck is a, a very good example of that. But he's stolen your word meta from you. You're going to have to find a new cool word. Yeah, yeah. It's going to take me a while. Meta took a while to find. So we'll see how we go. <laughs> All the best on your search. Yeah, swing it back, George. Listeners, don't worry. We will be back in the new year. This is our last episode for the year. You'll see us mid-Jan at it again. Before we get to that, over the course of this episode, we're going to look back at some of the key things that we've talked about in our episodes so far. Kind of like a too long, didn't listen version of the last 18 episodes. And we're each going to share our top tips from our episodes so far. And also what to look out for in the new year and what we're looking to build and bring to you in the new year as well. I think let's start with what the five Bs is, Kevin. To begin with, I mean, that's what really this podcast is about. We've covered off the first B, but the five Bs, in my view, is really about taking all the tactics and strategies that are out there and organizing them in a step-by-step way that your B2B marketing manager and B2B business owner can work through to make sure that you grow online. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. So five Bs again were be ready, be helpful, be seen, be better, and be the best. And as you said, George, it's a comprehensive framework that we summarized in the first eight episodes. But the idea with this framework is that we wanted to put it into one process that any B2B business marketing professional can follow because there is a lot of tactics. There is a lot of content out there for specific parts of this process, but no one really puts it in an orderly fashion. It's not a rigid framework, but there is that need to bring some structure to what you do first, what you do second, to make that process a bit easier and to maximize the value you get out of implementing each of the tactics. And really, it's about putting a strategy behind all the tactics. It's about giving you a framework to then implement that strategy as well. And for us in our experience, we find that this is the framework that gets you the most value out of growing a B2B business from the marketing perspective. It helps people shift from being in a reactive mindset where they're always reacting to the business's needs at that point in time to actually being able to take a proactive approach and set a target and start to work towards that in the future. And that's what the five Bs helps you do. 
Yeah, so if you've ever been confused about how to start your B2B marketing journey, how to use all the tactics, even just a simple question of, okay, well, where does this tactic fit in in the overall timeline of things I need to do to get my B2B business or B2B marketing working? This is the process and the framework that we really talk about to help you with that. So we'll link it in the show notes, but you can go back to episode three, which is the summary of the whole framework. And then all the way up to episode eight in our first eight episodes, we talk about each of those stages in a little bit more detail in summary form. So you can quickly get across what's involved in each of those stages. Just one more piece of feedback that I think I've received and is interesting to share is even the more experienced B2B marketers out there that I've spoken to have actually said that, you know, they're aware of a lot of the tactics and strategies that go into the five Bs, but having it in order as a process to work through is a terrific reminder of how they can continue to work through that and be proactive. Yeah, in those conversations, they really indicate that they are on top of different aspects of that process. Some of them are doing a lot of the things right already, but they don't have that overview of how it all comes together. They can see it working in different aspects, but they don't really understand how it all fits together and how to leverage it and take it further. And it's been really rewarding to bring them this framework that actually helps them clarify that. Kevin, one of the key takeaways from this season, which really focused on be ready, setting the foundations for your business was defining your brand. And I know that this one has always been of particular interest to you when you always speak quite passionate about it. And it's really that foundational piece of getting clarity on the business and the brand so you can market it effectively. And that is particularly important in the B2B context, isn't it? Yes, it definitely is very important. When we talked about it initially, we talked about it from the perspective of finding your why. So that start with why idea that Simon Sinek really talks about. But it goes beyond that to a lot of other literature in the space. And it's about having that clarity around what it is that your marketing is trying to communicate about the business that you work in. And what's that brand perception you want to build in the market? It's particularly important because it's the foundation of the foundations for then having consistent marketing that really talks to the customer and builds that authentic relationship with the customer. Sorry to interrupt guys, but I need to let you know that our next cohort of the B2B Incubator is launching in February, 2024. For those who don't know, the B2B Incubator is our no fluff program that gives you the strategy, the templates, and the tools that you need to drive more revenue for your business, not just leads. It's built for small in-house marketing teams with limited time and budget. So if you're ready to act on all the advice that we give you and you want to start driving more revenue for your business, next time you sit down at your desk with a cup of coffee, remember to head to the b2bincubator.com and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort. So apply now for our cohort launching in February 2024 so you don't miss out. The b2bincubator.com. Check it out. All right, back to the episode. And building that relationship with the customer really leads us into what I think is another one of the key takeaways, which is narrowing down your dream customer, avatar, persona, whatever you want to call it. And what that process does is it helps you identify who your key decision makers and influencers are in the complex B2B buying process. Figuring out what it is that they want or where they want to go and then working out how you can help them get there. So the dream customer avatar really details and profiles these people's, their pain points, 
and then assist you in crafting messaging that can start to resonate with them to help solve those pain points. We talk about that process and how to go about doing that in a little bit more detail in episodes 10 and 11. It's really worth the time to revisit those episodes because getting those personas right just makes everything easier. If you've ever had to ask yourself, how do I actually communicate something to my customers? Who am I actually talking to? How do I set my messaging in my marketing materials to really resonate and perform as I want it to or perform better than what it has been? This is the section that is really going to ground that first step to taking your marketing comms to the next level because with that deeper understanding of exactly who you're talking to, niching down to that particular audience, it's a lot easier than to talk directly to them and to please them. For me, it's a non-negotiable before you move on with anything else. Anything you do after that is going to be far more effective and efficient. Whether you're looking to do a website redesign, run some ads, write some copy, write some blog content, look to partner with people, that is all going to be far more effective once you have your dream customer avatars in place and do that research. Mm, It comes back to that general concept that if you're trying to please everyone who's a potential customer, you'll really struggle. You won't be able to service everyone effectively. You'll service everyone above average. But if you focus on niching down and talking directly to a few customer personas and serving them and delighting them, then you're going to have advocates who are really bought into your brand. And that's how you'll be able to scale effectively. And speaking of scale, Kevin, that again takes us into one of my other favorite key takeaways, which is the Dream 100. And as you know, the Dream 100 is one of my favorite parts of the Be Ready stage. And it's something that when I speak to other people about it, they're like, that's an awesome way of framing your thinking about B2B marketing. And what's the Dream 100? The Dream 100 is creating a list of the top 100 places that your dream customers already hang out online. That's places, people, websites, influences, anywhere where your dream customers get the information from that they know and trust and rely on. And complementary businesses. Once you do the work to get your dream customer avatar done and then you create your dream 100, the dream 100 almost acts as a roadmap for you and helps you identify the people and places where you need to spend your energy on. With the Dream 100, you can either work your way in, which is forming genuine relationships and connections with the people in the Dream 100 to leverage their audience and get your brand in front of their audience, or you can buy your way in, which is using paid media to really force your brand in front of their audience. There's definitely a balance of both. I love working your way in because you continue that two-way conversation, which Kev, you and I have identified is so important in the B2B marketing cycle. Yeah, I think the way we look at buying your way in and working your way in is that working your way in is more sustainable and it will build and compound over time. Whereas when you buy your way in, it's not as sustainable. The costs will keep rising as competition grows in the space. So it might work at the beginning. It might work a year from now, but at some point it won't work. And then you'll be left to the mercies of the platforms, of the influencers, audiences, and where they go to get the information. And so working your way in is a must. They're not mutually exclusive. And the way we like to look at it is that working your way in is something you should start from day one. And buying your way in is something you should do when you have no other choice of reaching a particular audience or you want to amplify your efforts and accelerate your growth and your reach. 
And Kevin, if you're buying your way in or working your way in, one of the other key takeaways is you want to be seen as an expert. So what do you do now, now that you have your customer personas, now you have a good understanding of your customers, but then also your dream 100? Well, you take that information and you need to position yourself as an expert in their eyes. And you do that with your content. And that's really where we talk about in summary episode four, where we talk about the concept of being helpful. Being helpful is really just about identifying the pain points that your dream customers have and then creating valuable content that helps them resolve it. As you do that, your dream customers are going to start to listen to you, they're going to trust you, and they're going to associate you and your brand as the person that they can go to whenever they are suffering from these pain points. I think a very explicit example of this being done right is when we looked at that savvy copy site and we talked about how there's a section on their homepage that specifically outline the pain points their dream customers would have and then how their products and solutions solve that. Yeah, I loved that one. It went pain point by pain point to solution to solution right next to each other. The dream customer could see what their life looked like before using this copywriting service and what it looked like after this copywriting service. So to get you on your way, some of the questions that we covered to help you start that process and making it easier for you to start building content that is helpful to your audience, let's just think about things that you're already doing in your business that your customers might find helpful to know. One example is when we release templates on a LinkedIn page of things that our potential viewers or listeners might be interested in. Things like templates for coming up with your customer personas right down to how to schedule your content. And the way we know what to create is we literally just ask our listeners, what are you having issues with right now? Is there a resource that you wish you had? What's the biggest challenge that you're facing right now? And they tell us, and then we just create solutions to it. The end goal to this concept of becoming an expert with your content is that you have a two-way conversation with your audience. You're listening to them, hearing their pain points, and then you're delivering solutions to those pain points and the content that you then produce and provide to them. And then the cycle continues where you ask for feedback on that content or you ask for other pain points that they want similar content for. This way, you're remaining relevant to whatever they're struggling with in their day-to-day work lives. I think, Kevin, that a lot of businesses are starting to catch on to the idea of thought leadership and becoming an expert. But the ones who grapple with this idea that being an expert is about having a two-way conversation and leveraging that information to continue building content that represents your expertise are the ones who are going to do a lot better because they're going to form really valuable relationships and there's going to be that tight feedback loop of pain points to solutions. And that's really important to keep in mind that it is helping people and it is a longer process. So it can take anywhere between three to 12 months even to really start to see the impact of that coming in if you're doing that consistently. So don't get disheartened in the first couple of months if you're doing all this work and you're not getting the results or the interactions that you're hoping for because it is building. Just think when you go through LinkedIn, you don't like every post that you read that you find valuable, but for a lot of those, you then become familiar with that brand that's putting out that content, you might visit them again, you might be more inclined to stop and read other things that come up from them down the track. And then you might seek them out when there's a need for their services. And all that takes time. So the same thing is happening when you're putting out your content as well. It does take time for a lot of that to snowball and to build up. 
Yeah, I think the key takeaway there, Kev, is just be helpful, be kind, and be patient. Yes, very good summary, George. We also discuss B2B websites, what different hats it should wear, what roles it should play, and how to really work a lot of that foundational work into your website too so it speaks to your dream customers and lay it out in a way so that it resonates with your dream customers. We released a template on our site at the b2bplaybook.com, which uh, actually details just some basic structure that we recommend and some basic elements that we feel that all good B2B business websites should have. Remember that your website is the best place to start building yourself as an expert and to be hosting your content. It is the one place that you can control and own on the internet whenever you're engaging on other platforms that are rented like Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. You are subject to whatever the overlords there say. So if they choose to limit your reach, they can limit your reach to your existing audience. But if you treat your website as your home, then you can control who comes in and out and what they see. George, that leads us nicely into one of the holy grails of getting your business online, which is the data that you get from it. Listeners, check out episode 16 for more details on this one. But really quickly, this concept of using the data that you then get from being online is very important because you've done the hard work of getting all that helpful content out there, of being helpful to your audience, and you don't want to waste the data that comes in because it can be the difference between really successfully tailoring your content going forward to what your audience is responding to and not seeing those signals and not responding and having that two-way conversation with your audiences. So definitely check out episode 16 on how to use data from online sources. George, the last one that I want to touch on is less of a takeaway and more of just a quick shift in your thinking when it comes to B2B marketing. And that's how people look at Google. And it's not just limited to Google as well. It's things like Google, Facebook, any of these big tech marketing companies, advertising companies, And that concept is Google is just another business. So you can use them to your advantage. There's no good or evil in question. They're just another business. Treat them that way and use the tools that they provide to your advantage. And I guess have a healthy dose of skepticism when they're trying to push some of their other stuff that might not be relevant to you. Yeah, they were really good episodes, episode 13 and 14 which gave you that framework and a different way of thinking about these businesses and realizing that if you can just reverse engineer what it is they're after, what their ultimate goal is, then you can work out how to use those platforms to your advantage. And actually a lot of that aligns with servicing your customers, your dream customers, your dream 100 in the best way possible. They're just tools in the arsenal to do that. And you need to pick a time and a place to use them effectively. Awesome. Well, I think that is really the key takeaways from this season. There is so much detail on each of those topics in those episodes. So if you missed them, we encourage you to go back and give them a listen. We also have additional resources on the b2bplaybook.com and articles about each of these as well if you want to get more into the weeds. Kev, I've got to ask, of the first 19, what's your favorite? What's your favorite episode? If someone has just tuned in and they're thinking, I'm just going to give this one crack, I'm going to give this podcast one go. Where are you going to direct them? George, I think for me, it is the five Bs. It's the beginning of the conversation we're trying to start. And really, it's that framework that grounds it all. It's about shifting how you look at B2B marketing with this framework called the five Bs. So make sure to check that out in the first eight episodes of the overview. 
Very nice. Well, obviously, I love the five Bs too. I mean, it's what we firmly believe in. Mm. But if I had to choose other favorites, for me, it's episodes 10, 11, and 12, which is really all about the dream customer avatar, your personas, and using the dream 100. That's the foundational stuff that once a business gets that right, everything you do beyond that is going to be far more effective. As I said in those episodes, George, I sometimes do get sick of you talking about the Dream 100, but it is just it is just another sign of how important that concept is. And it's the one concept that most people have resonated with the most that we now talk to. When we discuss the podcast and the B2B playbook, that is that one concept that enlightens a lot of them that changes their perspective and starts them on that journey of leveling up the b2b marketing definitely i think it's something that a lot of people have either half done or have been meaning to do or if they have done it probably need to look at it again and in those episodes we give people a lot of tips and a lot of guidance on how to do each of those all right listeners that's our key takeaways that's our favorites Next year, next year, we're continuing to focus on producing the quality content that is resonating with our listeners. We're going to be doing more interviews and expert and everyday insights in our podcast as well. There'll be more tips, more hacks, and more frameworks to get your marketing right for the B2B business that you're trying to promote. And we're really excited to talk to you again. I love it, Kev. Frameworks, step-by-step frameworks is what we're all after. There's already tips and hacks out there. Let's organize it for these people. That's it, George. As always, listeners, you can find links to everything we've discussed in the show notes and we'll chat to you in the new year. All the best and hope everyone has a safe and fun festive period. Thank you so much, listeners. It's been such a great start to this journey. It's awesome to have you along with us. We've been really enjoying having this two-way conversation with all of you. We encourage any of you to reach out to us if you have any questions or just want to have a general chit-chat about B2B marketing. Kevin and I really geek out on this stuff and we just love connecting with our listeners. So please do so. Kevin, thank you for doing all the editing as always. Again, listeners, have a wonderful festive period and remember to take care of yourselves and have a nice break. Cheers, listeners. Catch you next year. A quick note before you go, listeners, you can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with a buyer.